When we travel, we get to know people who are different than we are. We hear different perspectives and we better understand other stories. We learn to stand with people instead of having opinions on issues. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Did you know the Have Hope Will Travel team is growing? I can't do this by myself. In fact, I don't do this by myself. And we are looking for more people to join our volunteer team. If you want to help with transcripts, show notes, graphics, producing the show, or you see another way where your skill set could be a good benefit for the show, send me an email to start a conversation, katie at katieaccessin.com. And be sure to hit subscribe because there are some great things coming. This week, we're chatting with Mary B. Saferit. Mary B. fills the gap between what the church provides and what Christian singles need. She's the host of Unsuitable Podcast, the author of a series of survival guides, most recently entitled, We Don't Want the Bouquet, The Single Christian's Guide to Thriving in Wedding Season. Do we need that or do we need that? Oh, we need that. She lives in New York City and she coaches singles to make the most of their lives right now. Mary B., welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your story and hear your perspective. And I mean, as a single myself, I, of course, know the church has some opportunities. So mm. I did have a deeper conversation so about many. those things. <laughs> so yeah. many opportunities. Nothing but opportunities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that. <laughs> so what made you become passionate about singleness? Um, you know, I kind of stumbled into it truthfully. Um, I was at a transition point in my life. I'd moved to New York City to um uh pursue a career as a singer and that did not pan out. I got burnt out real quick. Um mm-hmm. and, you know, was going through a lot of big transitions and was writing uh as a way to kind of process that and, you know, had a bunch of stuff and was like, maybe I'll write a book. Um and one of the the little very messy, very chaotic essays I wrote was on singleness um, and really uh, singleness and sex and really just my lack of like just my very awkward wanderings through the church as a single person Mm -hmm. and as you know like a virgin in New York City and like someone who's like not dating and um, Mm -hmm. you know all of that kind of stuff and uh, I showed it to a friend and she was like I think this is like a book in and of itself and I was like (laughs) I'm not gonna be that person who like just starts writing about singleness because I like myself had this perception of what that meant which was like somebody complaining about like not being married yet and Mm -hmm. you know like talking about how to date and how to get married and uh, I was like that's not my vibe Um, but funnily enough that was something that um, I felt like uh, writing into that kind of void um, was something that I actually became really passionate about and once Mm -hmm. I started doing some more research into you know what was out there and what kinds of who was talking about it and what they were saying um you know i noticed there was a a real need for um you know people who were gonna approach singleness from a place of uh like a very human place a very holistic place um and a place that kind of challenged a lot of the assumptions that um a lot of us bring to the table when it comes to Mm -hmm. talking about singleness. Um, Because I think that even now, a lot of people, when I say that I talk about singleness and I I write for singles in the church, um, they assume that I talk about dating. Mm. Um, They assume that I talk about like how to be content in three (laughs) easy steps. Um, You know, and really what I like to do is kind of get under the surface and, and, and something that I've noticed is that like, 
there's one not enough singles involved in the conversation um and oh my gosh married people talk about singleness is one of my pet peeves <laughs> married people love to talk about singleness oh, yeah, let me just tell mm-hmm. you and to love to give you dating advice based on their experience of dating one person and getting married <laughs> um when they were in college so no um uh, i mean that's really not much of an exaggeration no it's um not. but <laughs> you know so like one the lack of singles in the conversation and two like I, I, I don't know. I approached this this genre um, as someone who really felt like we weren't necessarily asking the the best questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a like I think a question that I hear a lot is um, why are there so many singles or why are there so many single women with like unanswered prayers for husbands? Where mm-hmm. are all the men? Where are all the single men? Um, my question is like why why do we like approach relationships as if marriage is the solution to every relational problem and fills every and is supposed to fill every relational need what's going on on a cultural level um that's kind of caused us to be so obsessed with marriage Mm -hmm. to be so so certain to 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 really have this foundational narrative that marriage is the ultimate goal for every christian um should be the ultimate goal for every christian when you know the the actual reality right is <laughs> i mean you know you can you can fill in the blank any number of ways but you know yeah. i think a lot of people would would say that you know the goal is to become more like jesus to make disciples to love your neighbor any number of things that um but the but the lived reality and and the way that a lot of um churches operate um really like tries to funnel people into this one experience and if you aren't part of this one experience it really doesn't know what to do with you and so my question is like what can we as singles do about that you know how can we kind of challenge that just not you know necessarily like take it on ourselves to educate people but just like Mm -hmm. our very presence in churches and the questions that we're asking with our lives like how is that beneficial for the church Mm -hmm. and how is that like pointing the church more towards the person of christ um who was also single by the way who was also single (laughs) yep he sure was yes um so yeah there's a lot of really i the really interesting thing to me about all of this there's a lot of really interesting things about it but like it really doesn't take a lot of examination um for the logic and the narratives to start falling apart Mm -hmm. um and so it's super interesting to me that there is such this steadfast rooted narrative of of like marriage idolatry that perpetuates this marriage idolatry when really you don't have to ask that many questions for it to not track with any kind of biblical or theological um (laughs) like way of viewing the, right. the life of a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. And it's so real too. Um, let's talk a little bit about like, why do singles matter? Can't, oh my can't we just like marry us all off and then be done with the singles problem? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, th- there's a, a lot of ways that I could answer that question. I mean, there's a lot of logistical issues, um, but I do think that like, like, why do singles matter? Matter Singles matter as they are where they are, um, because I think singles embody the gospel in a really unique and particular way. Um, I think that there's a lot about the single life that is really healthy um, for married people to learn from and for the church to um, experience. I think that we image Christ um, and the life of Christ, who was also single, 
um, in, in a really particular way that is beneficial for the entire church. You know, I think a really good, robust theology of singleness um, ultimately creates a healthier environment for marriages as well. Um, and I think that we, we know God and we know Christ better through a more diverse way of, um, like, the, the more diverse kind of our picture is of how God is, is present and working in people's lives. You know, the, the more robust our picture is of, of who God is, and God mm-hmm. is present and working in all of it, all of our lives in, in unique ways. And, you know, I've learned a lot from my married friends, and I would imagine my married friends have learned a lot from me as far as, you know, like, I think there's just so much about um, being a human person operating in the world where we are these inherently social creatures who are really informed by the culture around us that when we kind of don't allow for differing or outside perspectives, you know, we can really get caught in this bubble or echo chamber um, that like perpetuates and, and really doesn't challenge like I don't know. It doesn't doesn't challenge a lot of the assumptions, mm-hmm. and there's nobody to ask the questions that single people are asking with their mm-hmm. lives. Of like, right? Like, it's so easy for these narratives to fall apart, and the reason that they're not falling apart, the reason that they're so entrenched, is because like the people in leadership are the don't have those questions mm-hmm. because they're married. Yeah, you know. Um, and so I think that like when we think about the church, um, as as you know, the body of Christ, when we think about the church as like the hands and feet of Jesus, um, you know, and, and as this kind of incarnational experience of like, you know, we have the Holy Spirit in us and, and just the different ways that that manifests. Um, I think that like single people, um, you know, kind of uh, present ourselves to church culture and say, okay, the gospel, we believe in the gospel. The gospel is good news. You know, but there's also this other narrative that you're saying is good news. Um, but how is that yeah. good news for me mm. in the life that I am living right now here in front of you? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a question that kind of demands to be answered. And I think that it's an uncomfortable one. Um, it's very challenging in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of churches are not necessarily prepared to answer the question. But I think it's an important question um, because ultimately, you know, if our foundation is this idea of a self-sufficient nuclear family unit. That's a pretty, a pretty shoddy foundation, a sandy foundation, if you you will, to get a little (laughs) biblical about it. Right. So how do we approach having conversations like that and challenging that status within our church or within our, within our own communities? Yeah. I mean, um, it's easy for me because of what I do. And so all people sure. have to do is say, what are you doing? I'm like, I do this. And then, you know, it, it very naturally evolves. But mm-hmm. I think that like, you know, um, asking, uh, asking questions, I think is a really like getting really curious and, mm-hmm. and inquisitive in your relationships um, and kind of starting to, um, you know, just stir the pot a little bit. I don't think there's anything wrong with stirring the pot. Like if you, you know, like, uh, let's say you're at church on sun- a Sunday and the pastor gives a sermon and the, you know, main illustration is about how, like, 
I don't know, is about marriage, right? Where mm-hmm. like, oh, this we're talking about God's love and the example that I'm going to use is from my marriage or from being a parent. And, um, you know, like just a really simple thing to do could be like, Hey, you know, this is something that I cover by the way, in the, um, my, uh, single Christians church survival guide, um, is kind of how to walk people through kind of different options of how to have these conversations. Um, but the, um, just like go up to the pastor and say, Hey, I really enjoyed the sermon. Um, you know, it was a little challenging for me to kind of wrap my head around like what you were saying, cause that I don't have that experience of marriage or parenthood. Um, but you know, like I have experienced that same kind of thing in friendship and, you know, maybe tell a story about a friendship and say, you know, how would you feel about, you know, using more examples that are a little more universally relatable or just, mm-hmm. you know, like it can be as simple as that. Um, it doesn't need to be like antagonistic <laughs> or, or anything like that. And it doesn't mean that like um, they're going to listen to you or they're going to do anything about it. But I think that, um, you know, when we, when we don't speak up and when we keep that kind of stuff inside, it can breed a lot of resentment um, that is not healthy for us or for our communities. Um, and I think like it really benefits the community to um, – cultivate relationships and converse, uh, relationships where those kinds of conversations can happen yeah. um, within the body and especially with, um, you know, people who are in leadership, which mm-hmm. is its own tricky thing for single women to kind of try to navigate, <laughs> but that's yeah. its own hill of beans, as it were. Yeah. yeah, that is that is another nice little mess that we've got. Mm. Thanks, Purity Culture. Yeah, appreciate you so much. <laughs> yeah. How can we as single, as marrieds, as churches support the singles in our lives? Um, you know, I um I my advice that I usually give people who ask this question is really just to ask how <laughs> how can Ask the actual single people in your life. And if you don't have single people in your life, then, you know, start building relationships with single people. Um, We're in all sorts of places. You'll find us anywhere you look. Um, (laughs) We make up a lot of the population at this point. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, the biggest thing is to just, like, have that open-ended conversation and genuinely ask. You know, for some people, like, maybe it would be helpful to, like, have them like invite them into your into your life in a really authentic and genuine way um invite them over for family dinner or like to come over and do laundry or whatever I'm uh I live in New York and so I am forever (laughs) taking people up on that offer um if they have if they happen to have um a washer and dryer in their apartment which Mm -hmm. is very rare Um, you know, so just any little thing like that, I think, um, but it really is going to depend on, on, um, the single people in, in your life. Um, and you know, just to like open the door and keep opening the door. Cause I think that some single people might, uh, not know what to do with that or have a hard time trusting that. Um, and so another piece of advice I like to give is for, um, uh, for people to focus more on like really small sustainable things versus big grand mm. things that are going to require a lot of planning yeah. um 
So think about think about what you're already doing and where your lives maybe intersect with single people. Um, you know, what? who are the people who are already there and how can you maybe just make a small adjustment that's going to incorporate single people into your life in a mm-hmm. little bit different way or a more intentional way? Because um, I think that it can be a little bit intimidating because, you know, everyone's busy and um, it can be a little bit intimidating to think about um, adding on a whole other thing or like trying to find mm-hmm. childcare so you can go out and get drinks with someone or go get a cup of coffee with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so really think about like these small, sustainable, regular things. And honestly, those, I mean, in my experience, those are the kinds of things that foster like real deep relationship is in those like, like allowing for the consistency. Um, Cause consistency is mm-hmm. a, a really big thing for uh, single people that we don't necessarily get a whole lot and so if you can um, be that sort of committed consistent presence um, Mm -hmm. then that's that's going to be a really huge thing I would say generally across the board yeah and I like your point too that a lot of it can be what you're naturally already doing like think about where you are where you're encountering people but then think about what your family does you know and I think of like Families who've invited me to go see movies with them. They're already mm-hmm. going to the movie. They just bought one more ticket for me to come. Or I bought my own ticket. Like, that's right. fine, too. I'm just yeah. going with them. Or, like, they always have Sunday dinner. And so what's one more seat at the table on Sunday dinner? Or um, holidays. You know, I don't live mm-hmm. near my family. I'm not going to yep. go home for every Thanksgiving, every Easter, whatever. Having yeah. a place to spend Fourth of July makes a difference. Otherwise, I'm just yeah. sitting at my house going, hmm, I wonder if I can see the fireworks from here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And especially, I would say, in areas of um, the country slash world that are so, like, insular and family-centric. The nice thing about being in New York is that it is a lot more, uh, like, singleness is just so much more normalized, generally speaking, um, which has been a huge, huge gift for me um, in ways that I didn't even realize, like, there was just so much that I was internalizing living in the, the southeastern U.S. Mm. Um, that I did not realize until I was in a, in a fundamentally different environment. And, um, you know, the church churches, like, still have their things. But I would sure. say that, like, within church environments there, it is it is at least, like, somewhat more normalized to be single mm-hmm. later in life. There's still the same issues, um, but you at least encounter more single people. Um, so yeah, I would say depending on where you are in, in the country, um, or in the world, even that, you know, um, like single people are going to be, um, more and more isolated. I would say like the more kind of suburban Mm -hmm. your environment is and the more like kind of rural your environment is, um, that, you know, it's just for married people to be like extra conscious of, of that as well, that like, it's really really easy to kind of be super insular in our perceptions and in how we're um, thinking about our communities and who we interact with. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's just something to be aware of. Yeah, no, that's so good. And your environment does make such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for those of us who don't necessarily feel like we fit where we are, be it because we're single or be it because we feel like an outsider in some other way? Mm. You know, I think that uh, feeling like you don't fit or belong 
I guess it would depend on the context. I, I would assume sure. that, um, you know, for single people, it, it's a you, we experience it on a cultural level, a communal level, and then like a one to one relational level. And then even within ourselves, um, you know, there's a there's a specific kind of loneliness. I think we can ex- we can feel and experience um, from that feeling of uh, feeling unsuitable, if you will. <laughs> um, just a name drop there. there. Hashtag branding. Um, (laughs) But um, no, I I think that, um, you know, for me, a lot of it started with surrounding myself and really being conscious of who I was letting into my life and Mm -hmm. who was speaking into my life Um, and really like finding a, a group and a support system that was like really for me um and that I was uh, was really for that was part of it I mean therapy was a huge part of it um and and recognizing and and starting to be a little more mindful of and and reframing like what those where those narratives live inside of me and what kinds of decisions um they cause me to make so Mm -hmm. like when I'm making decisions out of shame and fear um, versus out of, of freedom and love and generosity and all of that jazz. You know, I think, like, there's only so much that we can control. Um, and I think that I've been really privileged to be part of – I mean, God's just been super faithful in the kinds of um, people that he's brought into my life and, and, and the people he's surrounded me with. Um, but also, like – I think that we have a, a great deal of agency when it comes to who we spend our time with. Mm. Um, and if you're part of a community that, you know, it, it's a struggle to feel like you fit, you know, there's, I would say it's worth um, at the very least finding people who you can talk to about it. Um, and, and, being honest about it because at least for me a lot of the time um you know I would be met with grace and compassion I'd also be met with you know me too Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel that way too Mm -hmm. um and I think there's a great deal of connection that we can build if you know we kind of have the courage to go first sometimes and be the one to to own it and say hey I feel kind of lonely in this community sometimes or Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that if the people in our lives are quality people, then they will want to support us and want uh, to want us to feel loved and included. Um, and I think that, you know, we get to uh, reciprocate that as well and um, invite people to be honest with us in a way that ultimately connects us and bonds us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And it's important. I mean, no one wants to be the first person to be vulnerable, but a lot of times it takes yeah. the first person and then the second person. And then by the third person, it's a whole lot easier. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the wedding guide. Why is yeah. it even necessary? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wedding guide, uh, you know, this is one of those like, I'll go first moments, yeah. you know, um, I, as a single person have all sorts of feelings about going to a wedding um a lot of them are positive very fun I love a wedding um I love dancing like an idiot on the dance floor 
I'm not good, but I am very enthusiastic <laughs> and very committed. Um, yeah, there's so much to love about it, but also um, for single people, it brings up a lot of complicated feelings. Um, and when everyone around you is ostensibly having a great time and partying and blah, 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 you can feel kind of like a wet blanket or like, am I like, what uh, is it? I get, I'm not supposed to feel weird about this, you know, like I'm not, su- I feel like I'm not supposed to have these feelings. So, you know, I um, had one of those moments um, at a friend's wedding and, you know, just like fears about like, how is this going to change the relationship? And, you know, even like narratives that I would notice in myself that would pop up at the, that would be triggered at weddings of mm-hmm. like, I am alone and I will always be alone. And it gets very dark and, and depressing. Um, and, you know, I like, it was late at night. I was having horrible acid reflux, which mm-hmm. did not help anything. No. I couldn't sleep. I was emotional, having such bad anxiety. And so I just like texted a couple of single friends yeah. Um and I was like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Have you ever felt this way at a wedding? And they were like, yeah, pretty much every time. <laughs> Both of them were like immediately like, yes. Yes. Um, and I was like, what do you do? And um, they didn't necessarily have – I think one of them was like, I usually get drunk and lock myself in the bathroom and cry. Options? <laughs> so I was like, uh, okay, that's a choice. Um, uh, you know, and the other one was like, do you want to talk, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I think it's – I'm just going to like take a shower and like – you know, do some like um, some meditation or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I made it through the night. It was fine, but yeah. but it was one of those little moments where I was like, "Oh, why am I so like? Why do I just assume that I'm the only person who feels this or experiences this?" Um, when like, I-, I think that that's just so it's so isolating and like oftentimes so not true. Um, so I, uh, you know, created this guide out of, uh, like anything I create, it's out of what, what I have found to be helpful for myself and areas where I've, um, seen a need. And so like, this was a thing that I was like, if this is such a normal experience, why are people not talking about this? Why Mm. are we not like owning it? Um, you know, there are like random blogs here and there that are like you know five tips for surviving a wedding when you're single um and they all had a lot of similar advice so I I as a a aggressively type a person wanted something that was a little bit more methodical um Mm -hmm. and so I created it and just thought about like hey like what are things that I have done before a wedding that have really helped set me up well what are ways that I've like owned my feelings? What are like, you know, logistical things mm-hmm. that I need to think about? Like, where do I need to give myself permission to say no? Yeah. Um, you know, so there's all sorts of different, um, it walks through like a few different things that you'll probably encounter before, during and after. Um, mm-hmm. And I try to make it super practical and super fun. And, you know, cause I think so, uh, resources for singles sometimes can get a little mopey so I always try to make everything that I create for singles fun um while also being full of depth and meaning and all of that jazz um but yeah that was what I wrote down like in my own note I was like it was honest and practical without being bitter 
Yay. That's good. That's what we aspire to. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, totally fine. I was um, rambling. So it was good that you cut me off. <laughs> Where can we get the like, wedding How bells? do I land the plane? Um, sorry, it's it's eight o'clock. So my brain is like, you should not be talking still. That's um, okay. We're, good. We're here for it. Um, what did you just ask me? Where people can get it? Where can we get the wedding guide? You can get the wedding guide. It's exclusively available in my shop on my website, marybesafer.com. And then you click on shop or just go to marybesafer.com slash shop. And we, do want, we Don't Want the Bouquet is a digital download that you can get right there for $6.99. Nice. Um, and it'll go right to your inbox and you can start reading it right then it's um it's about 50 pages there's some reflection questions at the end of each chapter um but it should be a pretty quick read as well i love the title by the way because i am conveniently always in the bathroom during the bouquet toss (laughs) what a coincidence (laughs) we love that boundary we love it that is actually one of the things um that i suggest in the book is like maybe you decide that that is Whatever traditional thing that you hate is a great time for you to use the restroom. Uh-huh. Every time. Every yeah. time. One time I almost panicked because I the um, reception only had one entrance. And uh-huh. I happened to be on the opposite side of the dance floor from the entrance. And I thought, uh-huh. oh, no. It's about to be with toss time. I am stuck on the wrong side. I can't get oh, no. to the exit. Like, what am I oh, going to no. do? Well, thankfully, there was A, a photo booth right there. And I thought, hmm, I'm just going to dive into the photo booth and photo bomb who's ever in there. <laughs> and then B, it was like an old barn. And there was an area where you could go upstairs. And I thought, oh, I'm going to disappear upstairs. Into the hayloft. Yeah. Into the hayloft. That's going to be my only option. That's where I'm going. And yeah. thankfully, I was with some people who knew that was the game plan. And so they were helping me scope out exits, too. Oh, I <laughs> love great. that. Yes. Get some conspirators on right? your side. Right. Love it. Yeah. Um, so if we're not single, is it worth still exploring the wedding guide or is this exclusively for singles? You know, I will never say no to anybody. Seven dollars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did create it specifically for singles, but I think it's I mean, I'm always a big fan of um, anything that's going to build uh, people's mindfulness of what the single experience is yeah. like. Um, and you know, if you're getting married or if you are married and a person who attends weddings, it mm-hmm. might make you help you be a little more mindful of what your single friends might yeah. be going through. Um, you know, you can always, uh, gift it, gift it to a friend. You can always send the link to your single friends and say, Hey, mm-hmm. you sh- I heard this really cool gal on a podcast. You mm-hmm. should buy this book. Yeah. Um, you know, those are all yeah. options as well. There are definitely options. And I love the the brides and the grooms, too. Well, we won't exclude the grooms who are aware of their single friends and kind of not that they plan their wedding around us. That sounds arrogant and ridiculous, but they're conscious of us in planning their wedding. Like right. I think of one um, woman that she was she realized, like, Katie, you're not going to know anybody at this wedding. And no offense, it's unlikely you're going to be bringing a plus one. So yeah. why don't you think of some mutual friends that we have, and I will add them to the invitation list so that you have somebody to talk to. I love that. Right? In addition to me bringing whatever friend I wanted as a plus one. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my gosh. You are just blessing me so hard. It. So I love it. Yeah. What have I not asked you that you want to chat about? Oh, that's a good question. Um, now, I will say that um, I also have a uh, – I love – 
I just love making resources for single people, and mm-hmm. I do have a free resource as well. Um, that if you, it's called My Friend's Wedding, and that is specific to the experience of you know processing feelings um, that come up when a you're about to go to a close friend's wedding mm-hmm. or a friend's wedding. Yeah. Um, and that's more like it's a little less practical. It's just journal prompts, um, you know, that kind of walk you through some feelings. So that is a free resource that is available, um, on my website. Um, it's on the homepage if you scroll down or it's also available at marybesafer.com slash links. Um, just want to make sure singles are super equipped, super, um, you know, like I just, I'm such a fan of singles and I just feel like there's like not always a ton of moments where, we feel like people are thinking about us and considering us specifically yeah. um, in, in a really intentional, um, holistic, dignified way. Yeah. Um, and so I really am super passionate about creating stuff that, that gives, that isn't just like stuff that's practical and fun. Yes. But also mm-hmm. stuff that, that um, helps single people feel that, like have that felt experience yeah. of feeling specifically cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. That's I say. haven't checked that one out, so I'll have to check that out after we're done. Yeah, yeah. Where can we find you online? I am on TikTok and Instagram, primarily on Instagram, but I am also on TikTok at Mary B. The dot is important. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's where I, I technically have a Twitter. That's Mary B. Safer, <laughs> but I do not tweet because I find Twitter to be terrifying. Yeah, about that. Twitter. Mm-hmm. I yeah. actively avoid it. Same. Same. Yeah. I don't even have the app on my phone anymore at this point. It's yeah. Gone. Yeah. It has but I do, I do mostly hang. I make fun uh, videos and stuff um, on TikTok and Instagram. Oh, you can also follow my podcast yeah. on Instagram at Unsuitable Podcast. Um, and you can listen to my podcast wherever you get podcasts. Uh, this we're um, finishing up. Uh, we have a few more episodes, I guess, in this season, season nine. We're talking about purity culture, sexuality, and singleness, and it has been just so freaking dynamite. Um, as of recording this, we just released an episode with Sam Alberry about reimagining intimacy. Um, but we've heard from all sorts of people, from all sorts of experiences and perspectives, all single people. Um, and it's just been a really dynamite season. That's awesome. That's very cool. Would you be willing to pray for us? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Hey, Jesus. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for, thank you for being single. Thank you for like walking around on this earth, incarnating as a single dude in a time when that would have probably been real weird. Um, just God, Jesus, uh, you're such a good companion for us in that way, um, in so many ways. Um, but for single people, especially God, uh, Jesus, that's just so freaking cool. Um, and I'm such a fan of that. Jesus, I just, uh, want to pray for anyone who's listening to this, who feels unsuitable, who feels out of place, who feels, um, like, they are not seen in their church. Um, God, would you just, um, yeah, would you just be with them? Would you show them the places in their lives where there are people who care about them? 
Um, would you uh, just inspire people to send them an unprompted text? But also, God, would you just um, give them the courage to to ask and to reach out and to speak up, um, God, because they are so valuable and so worthy and so wonderful, um, God, and you've created them specifically um, and intentionally, and you've placed them where they are specifically and intentionally, um, God, and you are so good and you are so faithful. Um, God, and I just pray that you would, uh, that, yeah, you would activate your spirit inside of them um, and uh, just give them a vision for for who you've created them to be and your deep, deep, deep love for them as they are where they are. Um, and we, I pray that you would surround them with people who, um, who affirm that and who see them, uh, who see them as you see them. Um, God, we are so grateful for the weird and messy uh, body that you have given us to be part of. Um, God, we pray that uh, we know that you love the church even more than we do um, and that you are doing your thing, and we are so grateful that mm -hmm. we get to be part of it. Um, God, and we're so grateful that it's not up to us <laughs> to make yeah. the – to, to do the big things in the church, but we are so grateful that uh, you've created humans in a way that we get to be part of it and we have so much agency in um, in what a culture is like. And so, God, I just pray for renewal and redemption, um, God, and I pray for a church that is more equitable, um, more loving, more compassionate, more gracious, um, and more kind uh, to everyone. Um God, we love you so much and ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I love getting to hear people pray because I love, like, first of all, how their personality comes out, but also how their relationship with God comes out. And you get to see a different part of their heart when they're talking to him versus talking to me. So I love thank that. You for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. One of the things that we always like to ask here on the show, because we are always learning something. What is Great. something you've learned recently? Oh my goodness. What am I not learning? There's so much. There's literally so much. Like today I was reading a fantastic book called The Meaning of Singleness by Danny Treeweek. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Um, it's, I think it's coming out in May. I don't know how I got the copy of it when nice. I did. Um, or maybe it's already out. Anyways, I don't know. Um, I have been reading that. It is, uh, just like it's the book on singleness that uh, we have needed for a very mm. long time um it is academic so it is a little bit um the, the language is academic but like man so freaking she pinpoints so many of these narratives in such a in, like has really done her homework there's historical perspectives there's social perspectives um so i've been learning a lot um and uh through that um but on a more personal level um, I've been learning to love myself, mm. um, and just really been stepping into that recently and like not being as ashamed of myself. I've been like just feeling more confident and learning to like, I don't know, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, learning to love myself and realizing, like, hey, God did a good job when he made me, and I'm kind of all that in a bag of chips, so <laughs> that's pretty great. It's been a really liberating thing to um, to step into that, um, and it's been really fun to walk around in the world with that energy um, yeah. in, my, in my 
friendships and my professional life and my dating life and all of the things. Um, I have to give credit to Jesus, of course, but also to my amazing therapist who's been instrumental in, um, in all of that. So, yeah, that's awesome. And that's super important. I think it's easy to be hard on ourselves because we're with ourselves all day long. And sometimes I just want to break from myself. Um, But to realize like, no, the Lord did a good job when he created me. Like I am his masterpiece too. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, Maribs, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your perspective, for educating us a little bit, for writing a wedding guide. Um, I have You're needed welcome. one. It's great. Um, look forward to like going through the actual worksheet of it next time I get my wedding invitation, which could be any day since it's wedding season. It's imminent. It's imminent. It's, it, it's coming. I'm sure it's in the mail right now. It's probably in the mailbox <laughs> waiting for me. Um, so thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. As always, a big thanks for listening. Be sure to check out Mary B's new resource, We Don't Want the Bouquet. You can connect with her on Instagram at maryb.sacred. And you can connect with her through the Unsuitable podcast. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram as well. I'm at Katie Axelson. If you enjoy the show, make sure to leave a review. So others know that you enjoyed the show. And help guests know that their stories are safe here. If you're looking for more, maybe check out episode 72 with Laura Quam, where she talks about becoming a foster mother as a single woman. Until next time, my friend, know that you are valuable, know that you are seen, know that you are heard, know that your story matters, and we will see you again in two weeks. Bye-bye.